Welcome back to the Rediscover the 80s podcast and another episode of Rankum, the show that counts down your favorites from the 80s. I am your host, Jason Gross, and I'm proud to welcome back to the podcast my favorite horror movie buff, uh, convention guru, wrestling fanatic, thrift store picker, uh, fellow podcaster, Mr. Chatty Young from the Horror Movie Barbecue podcast and blog. How are you, sir? I am doing great. It is a thrill to be back here. I am so excited to be chatting about 1988. <laughs> Oops, I revealed it. I did it yeah, a little too. <laughs> well, it's been a it's been about a year, but about a year ago we uh, got together and did the our top five from 1987 uh, favorite movies, and uh, we're back again, and we're going to do 1988 in honor of the 30th anniversary. <laughs> And uh, we've got our top five list ready. We've got our honorable mentions. And uh, this is going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to diving into some movies tonight. But what's been going on with you? Well, tell us a little bit about uh, Horror Movie Barbecue. Um, let's see. Uh, actually, in the next two weeks, I'm going to be celebrating five years of rebranding nice. my blog as the Horror Movie Barbecue. Uh just uh, some fun summer stuff coming up, uh, some reviews, some convention stuff, just other stuff. But the main thing that I'm looking forward to, August is going to be Motu month. So it's going to be, well, pretty much mostly He-Man stuff. I mean, there's going to be a few other things in, but, cool. you know, mainly He-Man stuff and the Masters of the Universe had a huge influence on me. So that's kind of my little month of the year that I can just come in kind of. Mm-hmm. Pay tribute to the uh, um, the stuff that really stood out, the amazingness, and even oh, even some of the kind of stuff that's <laughs> a little it's a little hard to get through. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. just uh, just started a another podcast just a couple months ago with a couple friends. It's the TPIF. Thank Pod, it's funny with uh, my buddy TC and uh, Derek Boyer. Um, oh. And um, yeah, uh, that's. Pretty <laughs> that's pretty much all I've got okay. going on. Well, that's that sounds like enough. Speaking of Masters of the Universe, was in my local Toys R Us. Um, rest in peace. Uh, uh-huh. I went out and I went out and bought the uh, the VR Viewmaster, and I bought the He Man disc. So I've been to uh, Castle Grayskull. And I've shot those little, uh, the little robots with the arms. What do you call them? I can't remember. Oh, wow. Anyway. Oh, the, uh, the horde, the yeah, weird, yeah, uh, the horde things, yeah. It's a pretty cool experience. You're, you get to walk inside of Castle Grayskull and you got Skeletor and Evil Lynn throwing stuff at you and, oh, it's great. So. Man, I, I don't want Evil Lynn to throw any of her <laughs> stuff at me. I, I'm okay there. <laughs> okay we'll we'll leave it at that we're, we're, we're gonna that. keep it appropriate right i gotta right. i gotta remember to keep it appropriate <laughs> well uh appreciate you being on the show again and uh before Thank we you. get into our top five lists uh for 1980 i thought it'd be fun to do a little context as we do and we'll go over the top 10 movies at the box office and then we'll do a quick little look at the award winners for like the oscars and also the razzies 
So oh. a nice little mix of, uh, of what was going on in 1988. So without further ado, top 10 at the box office in 88. Number 10 was Beetlejuice at 73 million. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Cocktail, 78 million. Uh, number eight was The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. And that was uh, 78.7 million. Beat out Cocktail by about 500,000. Number seven, mm. Die Hard, 83 Ooh. million. I thought that was going to be a little higher on the list. I'm surprised, uh, yeah. Number six, Crocodile Dundee 2, 109. <laughs> 109 million. Uh, number five, Twins. Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger, 111 million. Number four, Big. Tom Hanks, 114 yeah. million. Number three, Coming to America, 128. Number two was Who Framed Roger Rabbit at 156. And the number one movie at the box office in 1988 was Rain Man. 172 Rain million. Man. Rain Man. And, wow. uh, and speaking of which, Rain Man pretty much swept at the uh, Academy Awards and even the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Uh, best picture for uh, the Oscar and the Golden Globe. Best director, Barry Levinson. Best actor, Dustin Hoffman. He won the Golden Globe as well. Uh, of uh, course. Best- Best actress was Jodie Foster in The Accused. Never seen that. Yeah, I don't uh, think I've seen that one either. Best supporting actor, Kevin Klein in A Fish Called Wanda. Best supporting actress was Gina Davis in The Accidental Tourist. I don't think I've seen any of those. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've... Uh, I don't know that one, yeah. Uh, and then over at the Golden Globes, as far as musicals and comedies go, best picture was Working Girl. I have seen that. And uh, Melanie Griffith won the Best Actress. That's actually one of my wife's, one of her favorites. And then Tom Hanks, he won uh, for Best Actor in Big. Wow. So uh, no, I did not know that. That was a little little glimpse of the awards. Now let's get to the Razzies. Oh, dear. Can the I just worst- kind of give you a... Um, I want to give everyone a little um, warning. I guarantee you that most of what Jason is about to reveal was... <laughs> that won the Razzies that year are probably going to be on my list. <laughs> if that Nightmare on Elm Street movie is on the Razzies list, I'm not going to be surprised. No, it's it's actually not. I think you're actually safe. Um, oh, okay. Good, good, good. I thought this was interesting. The worst picture was Cocktail. So you had Tom Hanks says in the worst picture and Tom Hanks, or not Tom Hanks, uh, Tom Cruise Tom in the worst picture and Tom Cruise in the best picture. So uh, I don't I'll think I've ever seen Cocktail. Oh, I've seen Cocktail, that, yes. That's the one where he's like a bartender, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I mainly watched that, that for uh, Elizabeth Shue. We'll just leave it at that. Okay, then. Uh, worst <laughs> actor. The worst actor of 1988 for the Ra- the Razzies. Sylvester Stallone in Rambo 3. And I might agree with that just because Rambo 3 is my least favorite of the uh, whatever it's up to now. It's a quad, little cartoony, yeah. Quadrilogy. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh, 500. <laughs> I don't know. They were talking about a TV show, and I, I think that fizzled out finally. No oh, good. I don't know. Just let it die. Good. Uh, worst actress was Liza Bonelli, actually for two movies, Arthur 2 and Rent-A-Cop. 
<laughs> Rent a cop. Haven't seen either of those. Uh, worst supporting actor was Mr. Dan Aykroyd in Caddyshack 2. Uh, okay. Worst supporting actress, Christy McNichol in Two Moon Junction. Okay. Never huh. seen that. Worst director was a tie. You had uh, Blake Edwards <laughs> in Sunset and Stuart Raffle for Mac and Me. Oh, uh, and, and then the worst new star was Ronald McDonald as himself in Mac and oh, Me. Oh, get the, get the heck out. It is not. I'm reading You're it. You're lying. No. no. Uh, truth be told, I have never seen Mac and Me. Um, the only uh, the only thing I've ever seen about Mac and Me is when who is it? Is it Paul Rudd that comes on Conan and yeah. always shows that clip of the kid mm-hmm. in the wheelchair going down the hill? I uh, I actually just got they sent me a tape. Sometimes you have to you, like actors will have to uh, approve a, a clip or a photo or something a likeness that they're going they're going to use. And I actually um, brought a clip. Um, from the final episode? From the final episode. They're not supposed to... I mean, that that's on total lockdown. No one's supposed to see that. Right, I know, but no one told me that. <laughs> I didn't have to sign anything. And uh, actors always say that, they, like, when, you know, I, I brought a clip, and that's not true. We don't really have clips and bring right. them along. But, but this time I did. I brought a tape. You brought a clip. This is a clip of the final episode. And I thought maybe uh, I, we, you could show it. Well, I'm just going to show it because why not? We might get in some trouble here, but uh, as long as it doesn't give any, as long as it doesn't give anything away, I think, I think let, there's a lot of interest. Let's show know. this clip from the final episode of Friends. Been, I, I didn't see that coming, I have to say. No, I know. There's didn't lot, see it going that way. There's a lot of surprises in the last episode. And it's, wow. It was pretty emotional. I mean, um, as you could see, Matthew Perry was in a wheelchair for the last <laughs> show. But, but, yeah. <laughs> can I tell you, I, I saw that movie when it came out. And uh, I, I, even as a kid, I was like, this is like E.T., except not as fun. I did I. <laughs> I saw it as an adult and I got angry. Um, not, <laughs> but apparently I didn't learn my lesson because for some reason I bought the DVD, then I oh. threw it out, and then I bought the VHS like for a quarter. Then I got angry and I threw that out. So I just never learned my lesson with Mac and me. And I don't, I couldn't tell you why. Well, <laughs> but I hate that movie so badly. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to take your word on that because I don't plan on putting it on my list. And unless it, unless Wyatt and I do that for Rediscovered, then I might have to sit through it. But you know what? I don't know. I swear, <laughs> Wyatt, if you're listening to, I know you are. If you even think of putting that on the list and making Jason watch it, I am going to come over and I'm going to open up all your toys and I'm going to ruin all your A team stuff. I watch me. <laughs> Watch me. I'm booking the flight right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love Wyatt. Uh, And then we'll do one more, one more uh, from the Razzies. Worst original song was, was Jack Fresh from Caddyshack 2, written and performed by Full Force. (laughs) Oh, no. 
Oh. That was the worst original song. You, you want to know so something that was sad? fun. <laughs> that Go was ahead. that was fun. You want to know something sad? I actually saw Caddyshack two before I saw Caddyshack one as a child. Really? Yeah, okay. because it was like on HBO or something, and I remember how obnoxious Jackie Mason was. So I thought it was hysterical, <laughs> especially like when the horse like jumped over a um like a, a uh, fence and it. And it broke wind, and I just thought that that was the most hysterical thing ever. But man, yeah. I don't think I could go back and revisit that movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I've I've seen it maybe once or twice. I, I it, literally, if I'm gonna watch Caddyshack, you gotta watch the original. So I'm yeah, gonna sure, watch. sure, sure. You would want to go uh, <laughs> review that one, but anyway, um, that was your uh, your glimpse at 1988. So mm-hmm. just a reminder about our roles, and as Chad stated about <laughs> maybe there would be some in the worst uh, list on his list. These are just mm-hmm. our personal favorites. So mm-hmm. you know, this isn't what we sh- think should be at the top of a list, you know, and, oh, Rain Man was number one, and they won all this award, so I got to put it at number one. No, okay. Right. We, we just do what we, our personal favorites, the ones we've watched the most, the ones we go back to. Absolutely. So uh, that's that's basically our ground rule. So I'm going to give you the floor first. What is your number oh, no. five choice? Number five choice is actually a movie that I do remember seeing at the time because my brother around that time, no, uh, yeah, he was really into cars and he loved you know everything about cars. So, uh, License to Drive. Meet the Andersons. They're all awaiting a big event. For your information, this is exactly what I ate when I was pregnant with all of you. But Les is excited about an even bigger event. Less than 48 hours away, the people at the Department of Motor Vehicles are going to be handing you your license. His reputation is riding on it. Do you think there's any chance we could get it Saturday night? Not a chance in hell, then. The date of a lifetime depends on it. Mercedes Lane. But it doesn't look good. You failed. He failed? Honey, what is wrong with you? Is this the end for Les Anderson? I thought that we had a date tonight. An innocent girl. Harmless drive. What could possibly go wrong? See, license to drop. Hold on, hold on. You got to show him the rest. Oh? Oh, okay. Les knew that he could regret it. This is it. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. He knew he might be sorry. Aren't you drinking rather heavily? This Mercedes has a dead battery. Okay, okay, do your breathing. But he did it anyway. There's nothing to worry about. It's like a sign. A sign from the big Mr. Goodwrench in the sky. Will Les get the car home in one piece? Will his father leave Les in one piece? You are damn lucky your mother didn't go into labor time. What? License to drive. Does it have a happy ending? (laughs) 
I got to see that movie when it first hit VHS because he rented it. And the one thing I always remembered as a kid was the opening scene where like the, the school bus had like shackles on the kids. Cause I just <laughs> felt that so weird. And I was like, that's not what high school's like, is it? <laughs> and the other thing I always remembered as a kid was um oh Uncle Phil, God rest his soul. I can't remember his name. James, James Avery. Avery. Yep. Oh, as the uh the, the, the driving instructor. Just yeah, so good. To the point that when I got older and I actually took my driving test, I forgot how it came up. Uh, we were probably talking about movies, but I was I brought it up with my um, driving instructor, and she was like, oh, I love that movie. I love him in it. I wish I could do that. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you know, because getting your driver's license as a teen, not the it's, it's pretty scary, but, you know. That movie, I I think, is one of the, you know, it stars the two Corys and mm. Heather Graham. Right. Yeah, that was her Heather first Graham. role, wasn't it? Was she in, in Meatballs? No, she was not in Meatballs. No, 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 no. Um, that was her first role, but I could be wrong. I think so. I think it was. Which is weird, because when she did Austin Powers, I remember thinking, that's the girl from uh, License to Drive. So, you know, she, she had a pretty good career. She looks great, too. She still looks the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I just, I, I thought the two Corys were so good. You know, obviously, Corey Feldman playing, <laughs> obviously playing Corey Feldman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you got Corey Haim. He's essentially doing the, um, the panicky um, Cameron from... Um, Ferris Bueller. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, yeah. And it's just so it, the, the predicaments that they get themselves in. It's just so funny, but yeah, that was, that's, that's a really fun comedy. I, I, it's a really good teen movie. I, I, I still enjoy it. That totally missed me. I don't know how, but it, I had, I didn't watch it until last year. That was the first really? time I watched the license to drive. Oh, yeah. God. And so i and I, I just confirmed too that was uh, Heather Graham's first movie. Oh, okay. But the I, I'm with you. I, the 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 funniest parts to me was uh, James Avery as the driving instructor. Uh, but there was some good ones too. You know when they're just you know destroying that car. Oh my gosh! Um, and I'm trying to remember now. The uh, they they run into that drunk guy right, and uh, I can't remember what happens with with the car, but. I don't know, it was almost too a little bit reminded me of like uh, planes, trains, and automobiles when they're just like losing <laughs> parts of the car, you know, as they're going along. Yeah, there's, the river, exactly- there's a door. There's <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair analogy. You know what? That's a fair comparison. That's okay. Yeah. I like. Lo- yeah, though, no, that's a pretty good one. Uh, my friend and I actually one time we were on our way to a convention. It was probably in like New Jersey or something. And I had this beat up old movie camera and we would kind of just do goofy stuff a lot. And Mm -hmm. he got into his old busted up. It was like a Corolla from like 92 or something. And we decided how great it would be to just have him get in and roll the window down and look at me and say, I don't need a, what was it? No, thanks, dad. I got a Ferrari. And then he played, um, (laughs) And the best part is he played Huey Lewis's uh, Power of Love and just drove off. <laughs> so, which it wasn't even in the movie. 
So, it, it, but I mean, we, I, I, just such a fun movie, such a fun movie. Yeah, it was fun. I, I you know, and not all of those stand up and you go back and, you know, watch something for the first time and, you know, what, whatever it is, sometimes it just doesn't yeah. connect with you. like people who have seen it, you know, 30 times over the years, but yeah. uh, watching it for the first time last year, I thought it was still fun. So yeah, for what it's worth, that's, I thought it was a good pick. Uh, so my number five, um, I'm actually going to go with Crocodile Dundee 2. The world's favorite adventurer is back for more. Mick! Yeah? You're back! Yeah? You're back. Yes, what? I missed you. I oh, know. The drinks are on the house. <laughs> more action. More excitement. Don't try to stop me. I'm going to stop you. I just want to get past. I'm about to throw myself off this building. Uh, would you mind getting a move on? I'm, I'm on my lunch break. More fun. Now, mate. What did he say? He wants to know if we're allowed to eat these men. And more of everything. What's he like in bed? I don't know. He still sleeps on the floor. Paul Hogan is... Michael J. Crocodile Dundee. Hey! Hi, Sarge. I might have known it would be you. This New York fist, Sarge. They won't take a bite. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee 2. I I think I've probably watched Crocodile Dundee two more than the original. Uh, yeah. It's close, but I was huge into the Crocodile Dundee, and this one, you know, this one wasn't as where he goes back and he's kind of in his own element in the outback, you know, and we get to see all of his buddies again, and then uh, you know he's after the they have these uh, the drug lord. Um, I can't remember what his name is and, and his, you know, secondhand is guy, uh, second in command there. And, uh, you know, they're trying to foil them and uh, Louis, uh, oh, that what's his name? He was the guy who was on all the, uh, I love the eighties, uh, on VH one. He's one of the oh, gang. Guzman. Yeah. He's in that yeah. too. Is um, he really? Yes. He's one of the, uh, the, the part of the gang. Um, he he's the one where uh, he thinks Mick turns himself into a snake. And <laughs> anyway, but he I, I loved it because he just comes in. You know, they're this this uh, Latino gang. Uh, they're just kind of in the outback. They have no idea what's going on, and he just fools with them. You know, he comes in at night and he he does that like stuff that draws the bats to him. You know, while they're around the campfire. <laughs> He comes in and he, you know, throws like a snake at somebody and uh, he just starts kidnapping them one by one and tying them up. And then uh, 
I don't know. I, mean, I, I always liked Crocodile Dundee, and I, that one was like a staple on cable throughout yeah. like the 90s. So, oh, yeah. Both of those. Uh, anytime they were, I would flip past them on like, you know, TBS or USA Network, I had to watch. So, what, how are you? How do you feel about uh, Crocodile Dundee? Honestly, I. I didn't really see Crocodile Dundee until I was later, so I don't really have as much attachment to it. But I do mm-hmm. remember like seeing it, like it would play on like HBO or uh, Cinemax or even like you said TBS or USA in the nineties. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, I, I would say that this one is probably the one. What was is is, golly, yeah, no, actually, I think. Yeah, the first one is I I remember my I feel like my mom and dad liked it. But mm-hmm. man, I just I don't I don't I didn't really get into them as much. Yeah. Yeah, I I I don't own them on DVD really just because it, they always seem to pop up on Netflix or Hulu or <laughs> one of those places and I'll, I'll watch it every once in a while uh uh-huh. when I'm trying to find a, a a movie. But uh yeah, I I don't know. I I love me some Crocodile Dundee. It's I, such an absurd. I did not movie. watch. Yeah, no, it, it is, but I I never seen the one in Los Angeles, like the third one, <laughs> the uh, one that came out in two thousand two. What? Yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. It was like twenty years later. I was like, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm just gonna stick to my guns on this one. We'll just do the the first two. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, so, all right. Complete so, side note. Uh-huh. What was the movie with Paul Hogan where he like didn't he come from heaven or he was like an angel? Mm, like it, I know he did Flipper. It? I liked <laughs> Flipper. Yeah, I liked it. No, there was a movie I think where he like I was. I don't on. know that one. <sighs> doesn't yeah, ring doesn't a bell. yeah, that's okay. I don't think anyone else remembers it either. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I don't yeah. know too many people remember Paul Hogan. I'm uh, sure he's a nice guy. God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> you like some Foster's beer? I can tell you that he used to ah, do their commercials. That's he, right, I, I he did commercials in there. But anyway, all right, we'll get past Crocodile Dundee. What was your number four? <laughs> My number four, and this one was kind of hard, but I still had to. It was it it, it was kind of hard to make it this low, but my number four is John Carpenter's classic. They live. What do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blinded us to the truth. Take a look. They are safe as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them. They're everywhere. We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business, ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletales. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick it. And I'm all out of bubblegum. 
starring. I knew that was coming. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> starring one of my not just childhood, but you know, lifelong heroes, Roddy Piper, uh, Meg Foster, and of course Keith David. I'm gonna say it wrong. I always confuse him and David Keith, but I think it's Keith. No, it's Keith David, of course. Yeah. Um, but you know, Roddy Piper plays the uh, you know kind of. A vagabond, you know, kind of a nomad, and he goes from town to town, and he stumbles upon these sunglasses, and he's seeing that things are not what they seem to be on the outside, and it's just, oh, it's so well done, and you know, <laughs> it's 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 really, you know, John Carpenter has always had a really good mind for you know what's going on in the world, and he kind of used this to kind of as his platform to kind of speak out on what he saw going on at that time with um, mm-hmm. Reagan and, and, you know, just stuff like that. But the soundtrack is phenomenal. You know, obviously I think everyone, when they think of they live, they always think of the, um, the fight scene between Keith David and Roddy Piper in the alley. And, um, Ooh, just, Who's, it's, what's it's, on the soundtrack? Cause I don't know. I don't know the soundtrack. It's all John Carpenter's uh, scores. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I honestly, if you're like a fan of John Carpenter, you know, that's kind of the uh, one of them to have, you know. Cool. And I think he played them. I, I think he plays them when, uh, uh, whenever he, because I, I think he was touring last year and I think he was playing them. And people said that it was just incredible. Awesome. I just watched Escape from New York like two oh. weeks ago. First time I'd watched that forever. No, forever. I had watched it a long time ago, but that I I was like, I need to sit down and watch that, and I need to watch L.A. too. And the music, oh my gosh! Well, I I don't remember seeing L.A. I do remember seeing New York back in the Mm -hmm. day. But um, anyway, yeah, he's. I can see that being very cool live, like in Mm -hmm. concert. uh, All of his music. And what's the line? uh, I came to. (laughs) I came to chew gum and kick ass, and I'm all I out of gum. Have, <laughs> I have come to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> and then he just, then he just, he's, he, I think he's in the middle of a bank, and he just starts firing on people. <laughs> one of them, like, is talk, like one of the aliens is talking. <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines. This is <laughs> one of them is like talking into his wristwatch. And for those who uh, aren't watching this uh, video on YouTube, I'm actually doing the motion. And he says into his wristwatch, he's like describing Roddy Piper, and Roddy just looks over at him, points the gun at him, and says, Mama don't like no tattletales, and just fires the gun. Oh my (laughs) gosh. It's just so, so well done. Ah, so good. You know, we were talking about the Highwayman off the air that Uh uh, Wyatt and I just reviewed. Roddy Piper's in the pilot movie. He plays one of these uh these this like rogue gang that's uh causing little chaos around town and they have to come in and and clean him up a little bit. But uh I, <laughs> it was fun to see him just doing that and being part of like a biker gang. So, oh my gosh. You've got to go check that out. Uh, well now I'm gonna have to. I At think least the, I, you know what? I think that was mentioned because his kids wrote a book after Roddy died, and it's very well done. Um, but I think that now that you mention it, I think they may have that may have been mentioned in their book. It might have been like one of his earlier roles because with 
they live in 88 and I know Highwayman was 87. So yeah, he did a movie in 80, either 85 or 86 called, um, body slam. And it okay. was starring, um, okay. Dirk Benedict. So wow, that, I got to put yeah. that one on the list to check. Oh out. gosh, it, Jason, it's something it's, it's, it's really <laughs> something body slam. Okay. Mental note. All right. Uh, number four for me. Uh, I remember seeing in the movie theater, and I think it was probably with my mom or dad, maybe with some friends, but I, I remember my parents, I think, being there because some of the scenes got a little awkward when uh, when Danny DeVito's like, tonight is your night, bro. Uh, <laughs> I went with twins as my number four pick. In a secret lab somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, the perfect human specimen has been born. He has the strength of 10 men and the wisdom of 20. He also has a twin brother. I have a brother? Oh my goodness, are you looking good? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Born to be bad. And Danny DeVito. Way to go, Mom! Are twins. My name is Julius. I'm your twin brother. Obviously. The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror. Only their mother can tell them apart. Twins. The new comedy from Ivan Reitman. Julius. What? What are you, are you allergic to something? You all swelled up. You look like you're ready to explode. I love it when you hit people. Who are you? Vincent's brother. You're twins. That's right. Twins. Coming this Christmas. Like I said, I, I remember watching it in the theater, and it was one of those that I remember going back to at the rental store in the sure. 90s and, and picking up and watching over and over again. I don't know. It was just such a fun movie in that you could think that these two could be brothers. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, they meet the, uh, the sisters there. Uh, well, Arnold does. And, you know, just, uh, there's just, just the funniest points throughout the movie, you know, where he's, uh, he picks up the car to stop the alarm. You know, who knows that? You know, he, you know, he comes out of nowhere and he knows how to <laughs> shut off a car alarm. And then, uh, you know, just that little, that scene where they, they dress alike and the glasses and the, <laughs> the coat over the shoulder and they're just strutting. You got to learn how to walk, man. You know, you got to loosen oh up a little gosh. bit. Oh gosh. I love twins. I love it. So, uh, what, what are your thoughts on twins? First off, I remember the thing that I always remembered as a kid was obviously the poster. Cause that was. I feel like there was probably a cardboard stand-up in the video store. But also, been, yeah, yeah I, I, I just remember thinking how ridiculous that movie was. I, great choice. But the thing that always stood out for me is uh, when Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming out of the uh, shower and he he's, he's screaming <laughs> yakety yak. It's oh, one of the most frightening things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Forget yeah, the Terminator. That's what scares me. <laughs> Right, and then the girl's kind of like there, and she's like, "Whoa, you know, hi." <laughs> his 
his awkwardness in that movie. Like yeah. when, she's like, hey, I brought. He's like, I would love to have some of your cookies, and it's just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just the stuff that he was saying. It was, yeah. it was, it was, it was kind of charming. Yeah, I, that movie. Oh gosh, it's been years since I've seen that movie. I, it, uh, but, it's been a while for me too. Uh, yeah, I might I have to too. watch it. I love it when he gets the T-shirt born <laughs> to be bad. You know, yes. he just kind of poses. Uh, <laughs> Instant. I love it. Is that the one where he walks past uh, like a photo of Sylvester Stallone and he like kind of makes a muscle, then he looks over at Sly and he's like, "Nah." Oh no! It could be. Is that? Am I remember? I feel like it could be. <sighs> yeah, that was a good movie, and Danny DeVito <laughs> was just. He was so good in that movie. I mean, honestly, I think it was a really solid cast. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really fun. Uh, okay, number three for you, sir. All right, number three is going to be... This was a little hard for me. Again, it, it's like with They Live. Um, but I'm going to say Sleepaway Camp 2. Get ready for gore galore. There used to be this camp about 60 miles from here, Camp Arawak. All these kids started getting killed. Well, it ended up that the killer was the shy 14-year-old girl that everybody picked on. Except she wasn't... Baby, you're supposed to be in the cabin, let's go. Wait, what happened to the killer? Whatever happened to the good kids in the world? Oh, don't talk like that, Uncle John. There's lots of good kids. We just have to weed out the bad. Remember, ladies, nice girls don't have to show it off. <laughs> Where's Phoebe? I had to send her home. I found her doing things with the boys last night that she had no business doing. I know the rest of you are nice young ladies and you won't get into any trouble. Let this be a lesson to you. Say no to drugs. Camp Rolling Hills is the best. Oh, I'm a happy being the wicked witch of the west hey but i know what happens when things get out of control you're gonna tell good night campers sleep away camp two sign up and become a dismember warehouse ship date november 16th for those who have never seen it, it, it was, well, I don't know if it was a direct sequel to the 1984 Sleepaway Camp, but um takes place a couple years after. If you've never seen Sleepaway Camp 1, I don't really want to spoil it. But um, it, it, it uh, Sleepaway Camp 1 was more dark, more serious, and this was more lighter, more silly. Um, it was more of a parody, and or not parody, but... It's a little bit more tongue-in-cheek. I think it was released on VHS. I don't think it had a theatrical run uh, because mm-hmm. it was so, so low budget. But 
this was, um, you know, a movie I didn't really discover until years later, uh, in about high school, I think. And, um, uh, through Sleepaway Camp 2, I actually, you know, discovered the Sleepaway Camp, um, series, which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies, uh, series. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It's, like I said, it's pretty silly, but it's a very 80s movie. It, It includes... So I'm going to give one spoiler here. It includes a death in an outhouse scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The main character kills one of uh, the campers by shoving her in a uh, porta john and having leeches all over her face. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you ever seen Sleepaway Camp 2 or Sleepaway Camp 1 or any of these? No, sir. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) I I will take your word on everything you say about Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp 2, the the outhouse boogaloo, and whatever (laughs) else you got for me. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) So we're up to uh, my number three now. And, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I put this on my list. Um, (laughs) It's literally one I have to watch every Christmas. It's it's probably the well it is the one that I've watched most with Mr. Ernest in. It's Ernest Saves Christmas. In the past, there have been many traditional ways to celebrate Christmas with songs, with gifts, with family and friends. There's a new way. Ho ho ho, Ernest. With Ernest. <laughs> Ernest P. Warrell. He's back. Know what I mean? Back to save Santa. Santa's in the slammer. Look at those beady, twinkling eyes. Back to save Christmas. <laughs> Back to save face. You're dead meat. That's life for you, isn't she, Andal? Ernest <laughs> T. Warrell. Mr. Funtime. In the mission they said couldn't be done. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donder. In the movie they said shouldn't be done. Sophie, Scruffy, uh, uh, Blister. You guys say you have a problem with reindeer? <laughs> Trim the tree. Light the candles. Deck the hall. And hit the deck. Because Ernest P. Oral's coming to town. And he's coming with colorful cards and festively wrapped packages. Air brakes. <laughs> Ernest saves Christmas. I remember watching Ernest Goes to Camp in the movie theater. And I don't know what it was about the guy, but I loved Ernest. And I even remember watching his little Saturday morning cartoon show that was a short lived. Well, not cartoon, but it right. was live action. Like, uh, yeah, this is little skits and stuff. It, it yeah. was like on Saturday morning. But Ernest Saves Christmas, it somehow connected with me. And I love the thing. I love every minute of it. And I'm glad that I've passed that along to my boys because we will watch it together now and they love it seemingly as much as I do. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's just fun. It was a fun movie. Yeah. You know, it's the, uh, it's the Santa Claus before the Santa Claus came along, you know, where the, they're switching the, you know, 
one is retiring and the next one is taking over. Uh, what's funny is the dude that plays the the new Santa, his his agent, is the guy the the douchebag in uh, Die Hard that tells him you know to take his shoes off in the plane. <laughs> it's the same guy. So um, I'm gonna be honest, never seen Die Hard. Oh wow. Oh, wow. I just I don't have any interest. I don't have any interest. So. Well, I will I will say this. It didn't make my list. Uh, I'm not. I'm more That's of fair. a Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and even yeah, I would say Jean Claude <laughs> fan than I am Bruce Willis. Oh, but, but anyway, Ernest saves Christmas. Uh, nobody moves. Nobody dies. You know they're up there in the uh, in the sleigh. And, <laughs> Real driving, you know, he um, he's in the uh, taxi cab and they're following that truck, you know, with the Christmas trees and one falls off and he pulls this like fishtail 180 in the middle of the road and backs up, throws the tree in, you know, it goes through the other side of the, uh, the do- <laughs> into the other window and smashes the window right in front of Santa, you know, and just to save that little tree, you know, oh my gosh. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it connected with me. It's still it's still a part of my Christmas routine, and I have to watch it every year. So uh, I, I'm afraid <laughs> I'm afraid to say uh, to to ask you about Ernest. But uh, what what is your uh, your take on Ernest Saves Christmas? I, let me let me start off by saying I love how much you love this movie. So I'm not going to say a bad thing. All I'm going to say is, I, I, as a kid, I, I like you, I watched the uh, CBS show, but, th- but that was kind of it. Um, I saw this a couple years ago for the first time, and I was like, oh, okay. That, that, was, <laughs> that was definitely an earnest movie. But honestly, you, you kind of you, you caught me by surprise. I thought you were going to say Scrooged. Um, nope. You said I've, Christmas. But- yeah, I've, I've watched Ernest Saves Christmas probably... 50 more times than I've watched Scrooged. So, <laughs> so here's my question. Cause I know you love Christmas vacation. Is right. this on your top three Christmas movies of all time? Uh, definitely top five. I'll say. Okay. Fair uh, enough. It's, it's up there. It's, it's up okay. there. Was, uh, you know, he pulls out all of the characters basically that he did on the show. Right. And you know the 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 mother and um oh this, the this, mother I do love the mother the <laughs> the snake guy I love the snake guy you're the people I was ordering them snakes the python you know <laughs> I, I, could, I love I your Jim Barney impression by the way <laughs> <laughs> can I just say this I I I will say Jim Varney, as much as I didn't really get Ernest. Um, where, which is weird because I, you know, I loved, well, I, maybe, well, I was going to compare him to Pee Wee because they both had a show on at the same time. I, it was on CBS too. Right. So yeah, but honestly, I definitely think, uh, Jim Varney was super talented and I'm glad he was able to make a career out of doing those movies. So yeah, nothing bad to say. And I love Like I said, I love how how much you love that movie. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, it started with Ernest goes to camp. Cause I do remember watching that in the theater sure. and it just kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> and when we got to Christmas, me being Mr. Christmas, uh, Oh gosh, you love natural. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas is, as much as you love Halloween, I'm that way. Oh, Christmas, so, yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Number two, sir. Let's move along. Number two for you. 
this is going to be controversial, and I think this is the thing that when I feel like whenever I do a show like you know your show or even like uh, the chat report, people are always going to walk away and say, "Man, that chat is weird." But I'm going <laughs> to say this: it well, technically, I, I'm going to do a tie, and I know I'm not allowed to because I think we're probably going to do honorable mention in a second. We'll give you the tie. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to say Beetlejuice. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Adam and Barbara are... Ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. Yeah! You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Now, the party's over. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out of your house. <laughs> but the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Learn to throw your voice, fool your friends, fun and party. Not bad. <laughs> amazing want a cigarette oh no thank you oh yeah here i come baby he's guaranteed to put some life attention keyboard shoppers in your afterlife michael keaton is beetlejuice i'm the ghost with the most babe and elvira Mistress of the Dark. Wanna talk tough movies? Here's a superhero with the biggest pair of all. You looking for me? There she was, just walking down the street singing. This Elvira is a slimy, slithering succubus. A concubine, a streetwalker, a trap. Yes, she's got it all. She's everything you've ever wanted in a movie. A woman and a casserole. You'll see lots of weird romance. What's that perfume you're wearing? Super unleaded. Don't smoke. Loads of drooling madness. Ew, I hope you change the sheets. Hey, Elvira, we got us a couple more volunteers. Great, just grab a tool and start banging. A whole gang of awesome monsters. I'm sad, you know it. And a few sleazy experiments. There's nothing wrong with G-rated movies as long as there's lots of sex and violence. The charge is elvira as elvira mistress of the dark but if they ever ask about me tell them i was more than just a great set of it's the greatest double feature of all time okay <laughs> and I, I, go ahead i was gonna say personal preference but uh yeah i would lean more towards beetlejuice on that one but uh hey yeah i i I know you love you some alvira so oh i think everybody does (laughs) um 
honestly, Beetlejuice was, you know, again, that was my first introduction to Tim Burton. Well, I, but then again, as a kid, I didn't really know who Tim Burton was until like maybe, you know, Edward Scissorhands. Like I knew, you know, mm. his movies. I just didn't, I couldn't identify him, but that was my first viewing of one of his movies. And obviously, you know, Michael Keaton is my favorite actor. So I, he just is so perfect in that movie as Beetlejuice. And um, it just, it's just the, the masks, the set, the, the designs, uh, just ev- the cast is incredible. I mean, you know, uh, oh, Glenn Shaddix is Otho, Otho, mm-hmm. you know, um, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, uh, obviously Winona Ryder, um, despite the things, you know, the trouble he's got in, you gotten in, uh, obviously Jeffrey Jones was just tremendous. I think, um, wasn't Kathleen, oh, Catherine O'Hara. Yes. In there? In that, she, yeah. was, she was one of the people interested in buying the house. Right. The, the, the movie is just great. It look, I, I got to see it on in 35 millimeter on the big screen a couple of years ago. And as great as that Blu-ray makes it look, the uh, the 35 millimeter oh it's just oh, it makes it uh, look even better. It's a great. It's not just a great Halloween movie, but it's just a great looking movie that you can watch all year round. And obviously, it spawned um, you know the cartoon, which eh, I wasn't a fan of as a kid because I, I I liked the movie more and I thought that it was kind of a step down. But it, it, it gosh, it even had toys. I remember that I remember liking the toys more than I liked the cartoon, but <laughs> nothing compares to the movie. I mean, that movie was just so good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. did um, and then just to kind of touch on Elvira, I'll just say this: I I, I think it's one of the it, it's like the female version of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and um, well, Elvira. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever seen Elvira. Um, Obviously, I see her more as like she didn't she do some like late night movie hosting kind of like up all night kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think she even had some specials like on MTV. And yes, um, yes, that's that's who I know her more from. And I don't I can't remember ever watching uh, the movie or, or sitting down at least to watch the movie. The movie uh, is so ridiculous, and I, I mean, I know I'm not the only person that compares it to Pee Wee's Big Adventure just because of the humor, the silliness. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's just it's 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 a it's just a fun movie, and obviously Cassandra Peterson, you know, she she does not take herself seriously whether she's you know right. when she's playing Elvira, and you know, it, again, it's Elvira. That's, yeah, that's part of the plot. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Beetlejuice was one of my honorable mentions, and oh, I, really? Yeah, I didn't put it on my list. It, I have watched it over the years, and of course, I enjoy it too. Uh, I, somebody clocked like how many minutes Beetlejuice is actually in that movie, and it's like yeah. very small. But when he's in there, he's just such the scene stealer, and he's mm. got, and it, it, it just seems like the whole movie he improvised it. You know, it's just got that I, feel. Yeah, and it probably. Parts of the uh, what he did do was was kind of improvised, but yeah, I, I, it's 
it's great. And I, the, the cartoon never connected with me. Um, uh, I do remember posting a little something when the, uh, the live stage show had its last run <laughs> at uh, Universal Studios. That stage show. Let me uh, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so, you, I mean, if if you got your own live stage show, there's something something that just connected with fans. You know, you did something right. You know. <laughs> right I will say right. this: when I went down to Universal Studios in ninety, yeah, ninety seven. Um, I was, I, you know, I was just chilling in the uh, hotel room. I think my mom like went down to the pool or something. And I just kind of wanted some time to myself. So I was watching the TV. We were at the, like, I guess the, the, the hotel across from universal. <laughs> I'm sorry, in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, they played the same little like thing on loop where it's a guy dressed as Beetlejuice and he'll just make like sarcastic comments like, Oh, the ghostbusters, uh, I don't like being around them or something like that. And then, <laughs> right. It, like he, uh, this is the one I remember the most for some reason. I, I wonder if this is on YouTube, but he's talking about how like ET has a glowing heart. And then this must've been done in like 1990 because it was very, I remember how low budget it was and cheesy, mm-hmm. but he, all of a sudden they're showing like the ET ride and, <laughs> and then they come back and the guy has a glowing heart and he's like, Oh, I wonder where he got that idea from. It's just, <laughs> But that Universal uh, show with yeah. Beetlejuice, I, I I didn't get to see it because when I went, I guess it was after Halloween, but I didn't get to see it. But I've seen it like on YouTube. That thing yeah. is insane. Yeah, th- it was it was going up through just maybe I don't know three or four years ago. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I think so. they they posted the the very last uh, show on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's really the only one that I've ever seen. I've never seen it live, but it was fun. You know, they bring out the universal monsters and they do all the rock and roll tunes and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so it was, it was entertaining. And he, yeah, he's Mr. Irreverent. If there ever was one and just <laughs> does not give a bleep about anything. So yeah, I, the, the appeal is there for Beetlejuice and, and you can see why it became a, a successful cartoon. Cause I think it like went for over a hundred episodes and it, yes. he's just, just crazy. Just crazy. Oh yeah. So, And you know, you want to, cause now you, you just, you, you talked about how reverent he was. Now that I think about it, I am kind of shocked. We didn't get like an MTV, you know, up all night with Beetlejuice kind of thing. <laughs> right. I am surprised we did not get like, you know, like a half an hour. Beetlejuice is like talking to people, and he's like stuck in hell or or where? Yeah. Uh, what did they call it? Did they call it wasn't hell? Like, wasn't it purgatory? I I, I can't remember. Off the top oh, of my head, gosh, I can't remember. But yeah, I, I I'm kind of surprised we never got one of those. That would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my number two. I've got a lot of comedies on here. I I, I don't know. I. I guess the it's a good year for comics. It was uh, number two. Oh, it's it's in my top three with John Candy. It's the Great Outdoors. Uh, all right. uh, this is Chet. You remember me, Chet Ripley? How you doing? This is his family. You can run around here naked as a bear yeah. and not worry about running into anybody. 
This is Roman. What a gas. This is his family. I'm waiting for their heads to rotate around and vomit pea soup. They're about to spend one week together in the great outdoors. We weren't invited. Ah, they'll be tickled to death to see us. Who invited them anyway? But this is no holiday. The man is an ass! This is war. wouldn't know a good time if it fell out of the sky, landed on your face, and started to wiggle. Are you going to argue, or are you going to enjoy yourself? Dan Aykroyd. John Candy. The Great Outdoors. Outdoor fun for the whole family. That had to hurt. I love me some great outdoors. The whole, and even Dan Aykroyd in this, you can give him the Razzie for Caddyshack too. That's fine. But don't give him the Razzie for great outdoors. Because <laughs> I just love that he's just such the butthole in this, you know, and, and backstabbing his own family, you know, trying to uh, bamboozle uh, money out of them. And, uh, oh, my God, you got the, you got the, uh, the raccoons. Oh my gosh, that oh, was just so freaking funny to me as a kid. You know, uh, they're <laughs> doing the subtitles, you know, as they're raiding the trash can. What do you think so this clever. is for? Scratching your ass? You know, what? I can't remember <laughs> what the line is, but the bear. Oh my God, the freaking bear that they, he uses that lamp to, you know, blow its butt hair off with as it goes screaming out the door. You know, that whole that whole part of it, you know, and then, Oh, you had to have the peril, you know, the, the twin girls that get down in the cave, you know, and mm-hmm. that's all they get the bear out, of course. And then you got that whole side little like love story with the mm-hmm. son and, and uh, the girl that works in town, you know, Oh, you just forget mm-hmm. me and you'll never see me again. And Oh, I'll remember you. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. just stereotypical stuff for uh, 80s movies. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that was actually I as I was looking up uh, the you know the movies for the show. That was mm-hmm. uh, Annette Benning's first credit. That first movie was The Great Outdoors. What? Yeah. As, no. Uh, as no. Dan Aykroyd's wife. Yep, that was her first credit. Her first one was in '88. Yeah. Go look it up. Uh, but that was her first. Wow. Yeah. So. And of course, John Candy being John Candy, uh, you know, when they're <laughs> when when the bat is in the inside, you know, and they've got the tennis racket and everything trying to get this bat out. And uh, I just it I, I there's John. Can- I need to do like a whole we need to do like a, a rank them on John Candy movies because I oh, could talk geez. about them all day. Um, oh, so could I. But I love the great outdoors. The, the old 96er, you know, the the, 
the steak he has to eat, you know, and oh, that plate's not clean, but there's nothing but gristle left on the plate. And then he kind of looks at him like, you know, and he waddles out of the restaurant with the t-shirt kind of slung over his shoulder. I, I finished it, you know? Uh, I feel like I can relate to that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I kind of think I might've seen this in the theater, but I, I don't remember for sure. I know it was one of those that I rented a lot as well. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what what is your take on the great outdoors? I don't have a bad thing to say about it. I'm just going to agree with everything you said. I remember watching okay. this because, you know, like, um, you know, like Crocodile Dundee 2, they played this a lot on like, you know, and I think you could oh, say yeah. that for all these movies. Well, maybe not Sleepaway Camp 2, but, you know, <laughs> the, these movies got so much play on like Cinemax USA um, HBO and honestly, John Candy and Dan Aykroyd were, uh, they, they were such a good duo and they just played off each other so well. Would you kind of consider their, you know, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Would you kind of consider this somewhat of a summertime planes, trains, and automobiles to some degree? Uh, planes, because trains. of the situations, not just because of John Candy's in it. Maybe a little bit. I was thinking more along the lines of summer rental uh, with John Candy, where they, you know, they they go down to I can't remember where it was, Florida or wherever, and uh, you know they get to the house and it's the wrong house. Eventually, they find there's just some (laughs) more like antics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, (laughs) I don't I don't see planes, trains, and automobiles really, but. I, I yeah, I think that that's probably just me, just because of like all the 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 silly situations and Dan Aykroyd's yeah. such an a hole and John Candy's <laughs> such a good guy and right right oh, right. Gosh. What a, yeah no you know what that's that's a great choice. What I love about eighties comedies and and all of these guys you know that were in the SCTV SNL kind of mm-hmm. loop is it seemed like they all paired up in different movies together, you know? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't always like John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. Cause you know, then you had Dan Aykroyd and Chevy chase and mm-hmm. spies like us. And then you had Chevy, a lot of them appeared more. And then, you know, like other, like Caddyshack, you got Chevy and Bill Murray and stripes. You had pretty much everybody, but you know, it's, it's fun that they, they didn't necessarily, it, it wasn't the same kind of actors in every movie that they mm-hmm. kind of teamed up. Okay. Right. This is going to be Dan and John's movie, you know, something like that. It seemed like <laughs> pulled, it to me. they pulled names out of a hat to see who would be in a movie yeah. with John Candy yeah. next. <laughs> something like that. But anyway, <laughs> much. no, great right. choice. Great choice. All right. I think I know what your number one is, but uh, go ahead and, and announce it to the land. It's going to be nightmare on Elm street part four. <laughs> Dream Master. Do you know what terror is? Hello. Do you live here? Nobody lives here. Real terror. How long has it been? Since you've been on Elm Street. Welcome 
to a brand new nightmare. He is the first in fear. Second to none. Don't let them put you to sleep. He has no mercy. And no evil. Now no one sleeps. Get ready. This August, your wildest dreams will come true. How sweet, fresh meat. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. The Dream Master. This is uh I I this is one of the more highly regarded Freddy sequels. Um uh, I mean, but it, of course at this point Freddy had already kind of become kind of a joke, kind of silly, sarcastic one-liner Freddy. But it, it's very visual. The gags are good, the kill the murders are great. Um, it's some good characters, like I said, uh, conti- kind of continues the story of part three, but you know, uh, well, it's 30 years old. I can probably do spoilers. Um, you know, the, the, whatever dream warriors were left over from part three that maybe, you know, didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't get taken down by Freddie. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they don't last too long in this one. So they kind of start up their new, their own little kind of story arc for the next movie and they introduced new characters, which I always liked. Um, they, Robert England has actually described this as being the MTV of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies just because of how, interesting, you know, um, I don't want to say hyperactive, but what's the word he used? I think kinetic, how visual, how, you know, just how in your face this movie is. And, you know, I... I mean, for a lot of people, they don't like jokey, silly Freddy Krueger, but, you know, I do. I, <laughs> I, I definitely love a good character with, um, you know, just charisma. And Freddy is definitely getting, you know, reaching his stride at this point. So, Gotcha. Your thoughts? I have no thoughts. <laughs> I don't, do not remember seeing it. Like I said, I'm not the horror movie guy. You're uh, right, Fair. I've probably seen more GIF images from <laughs> from Freddy Krueger than I have actual movies. So that's uh, fair. That's fair. Uh, I, I won't. I won't uh, confirm or deny what you just said about it. So we'll leave it at that. That's okay. That's okay. Just wait till nineteen uh, when we do nineteen eighty nine. Well, I think we'll know what number one's going to be for both of us. But anyway. Oh. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> no, wait, I no. I think we're on the same page. <laughs> okay. You guys will have to wait another year to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I hope not, man. <laughs> oh gosh, we got to do something in the meantime. Oh, but, gotcha. uh, anyway, all right, we're up to my number one. Uh, another comedy, one that I, I'm pretty sure I did not see in the theater, but I remember renting this probably the most out of all uh, all the movies at the uh, silver screen video there in Clearfield, Pennsylvania. Um, this is all about Lieutenant Frank Drebin in police squad, the naked gun. In this- 
this city, there's crime on every street. But one man has seen enough. He's Lieutenant Frank Drebin. Whatever scum did this, not one man on this force will rest for one minute until he's behind bars. Now let's grab a bite to eat. He's a good cop who's having a bad day. His best friend... Oh, everyone should have a friend like you. ...is in a coma. As soon as Nordberg is better, he's welcome back at police squad. But I wouldn't wait until the last minute to fill out those organ donor cards. His girlfriend asked him to look her up. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. And his city is in the hands of a master criminal with a sinister plan. I must kill the queen. How can any police story contain this much action? This much romance? I like cops. Or this much baseball. Starring Leslie Nielsen, a cop who's always on the alert. Mikhail Gorbachev. I knew it. Queen Elizabeth, everyone's favorite queen. Priscilla Presley, a woman who really cooks. How hot and wet do you like it? Ricardo Montalban. Frank. You're both right. George Kennedy, the partner with an appetite for danger. O.J. Simpson, as you've never seen him before. And Reggie Jackson in his first dramatic role. In a movie so big, it had to be filmed in color. The Naked Gun, from the files of Police Squad. See you then. I remember uh, just, oh my gosh, there's just so much in this movie. I remember as a kid just laughing my butt off. Even just the opening sequence, you know, with the, the police light and it's going into the donut shop and it's going into like uh, the ladies' locker room and it's going, it, it's, it was crazy, you know. And then, you know, for my teenage self, uh, mm-hmm. when, you know, when this was coming out, um, there's that whole, there's that whole scene where they've got the, uh, the full body condoms on, you know, and I was always, what is that? And I, that was just kind of forming in my brain, you know, <laughs> the whole, oh, okay. It's a joke. And, you know, driving down the road and everything was reminding me of her and they see those two buildings with the huge, <laughs> it looks like two breasts you know uh oh my gosh nice beaver you know just the whole there's there's so much innuendo in that movie that went over my head and you know was years later after i watched it several times and been Mm -hmm. around my friends i was like oh okay so that's what that means and then uh oh my god there's just there's just so much in here you know oj of course that whole, that whole scene where he's just like beating himself up on that boat, running mm-hmm. into this, oh stepping gosh. in uh, wet paint and oh falling over the side of the boat, you know, um, and then giving him the old pat on the back at the end in the wheelchair as he goes tumbling down, <laughs> flipping, you know, uh, and then, you know, 
I, there's just so many, you know, there's the running gag with the car where, you know, he, <laughs> he uh, leaves the car in drive and it goes and knocks over. Anybody can <laughs> see who was the driver on that car, you know, and <laughs> just stuff like that. It's going down the road. You see, there's like all the, the airbags have been, you know, let out and it's on fire and, uh, oh my gosh, the whole, okay. So yeah, he, when he, uh, when he takes over as the umpire at the baseball <laughs> and then, you know, my he favorite gets the national anthem. Yeah. A bunch of bombs in the air. And oh my gosh. <laughs> And not it's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> right. So good. Oh my gosh. There's just so much about this movie that <laughs> it it if I watched it, if I put it in right now and started watching it, you know, I'd have tears in my eyes just from from all this stuff. Cause there's just so much in there. They pack so much in there in one movie. And uh, the the best part about this is that Leslie Nielsen is not playing it as a goof. He is playing it as a straight man. <laughs> right, right. He's, he's, it's almost like they, <laughs> he read another, he he, I, he was such a genius because <sighs> he was so silly and ridiculous and he was just playing this role so serious. Yeah. Oh, it was so, he was, oh, it was so clever. I, I got to be honest. I think I saw this movie because I rent my, I don't know how I convinced my mom to rent it, but I think she rented it for me around the time that that second one came out because I really wanted to see it because I thought it looked silly. And um, she, was, <laughs> she wasn't really too fond of some of the jokes. And, yeah. you know, I didn't get all the jokes, like you said, at age yeah you know, whatever age it was, maybe eight or nine when that second movie came out, but, oh, so funny. Yeah, and it's got probably, my favorite scene probably, the one that I probably rewound the most when I would rent the the video is when he's doing the press conference and he leaves the microphone on as he goes to the bathroom. (laughs) You know, and the... (laughs) The mayor lady, or it might have been the, uh, oh my might have been part of the police. You know, she's trying to give her speech, and he's oh, 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 he's like shaking it off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like that's like one of the funniest things ever to put on film. Hey, um, I oh, it's so good. <laughs> it, was this the one where like uh, he gets off a plane and he thinks everyone's for him? But then Weird Al comes out of a plane or something. Uh, or was that the second one? That might have been number two. I don't think okay. that was the first one, but I do remember that one. Yeah, that okay. was, that okay. was no Weird Al's here. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so here's my question to you: Were you yes. a fan of the uh, what was the TV show? the The Police Files. Yeah, I think it was just Police Squad. Uh, okay. I don't remember squad. ever watching the uh, the police squad before this movie, right? Because uh, it came out. I, I thought it came out maybe a few years prior to it, but I'll have to I have to go back here and confirm that. But anyway, no, I've never uh, never watched Police Squad, and mm-hmm. it was just one of those that I don't know. I was probably over to a friend's house, and we watched it, and mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Police Squad was 1982. So that okay. was six years prior to uh, to wow. the movie. So anyway, um, <laughs> I remember going out a- and watching the uh, probably the the sequels in the theater, uh-huh. two and a half and thirty three and a third, because uh, those were <laughs> early nineties, and I would have you know I'd have probably been right up my alley uh, uh-huh. after watching the first one so many times. But oh man, gosh, there's just so much I love about the Naked Gun and just that style of humor. Yeah, he is. He's like, and I think he even did play Mr. Magoo at one point. But yes, he did. He it's basically that character where he's just kind of walking through. He's trying to do his job, uh-huh. and I, I just can't imagine being on set with him and trying to keep a oh straight face. You know, I'll uh, I'll tell you this. Uh-huh. Um, the first movie, the horror movie I ever saw was Creep Show, uh-huh. um, and he was in that. He was it was him, Ted Danson, and I. And oh, it's killing me. I can't remember the woman that was in the segment, but I saw he 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 wasn't he wasn't like Leslie Nielsen as everyone you know like from uh, Airplane or Naked Gun. Right. He was a little bit crazier, and he was a little bit more serious, but not with the uh, humor. And they did a documentary on it. And they said, like, he, you would go to dinner with him, and he, like, all eyes were on him, just cracking right. people up. He would apparently walk around with a little fart machine. So he would yeah. just, like, oh, yeah. you know, if, if you're just, if you're sitting there talking to him, he just starts pressing it. <laughs> and, like, oh my God. He did that on the Arsenio Hall show one time. Like, I guess Arsenio was asking him a question. And then, and he presses it and Arsenio just starts busting out laughing and the crowd just just yeah. just goes crazy. I mean no who else is who else does that? Like no, yeah, nobody. Um he just, he literally probably more than just Arsenio, but I do remember that being kind of his thing when he was on like, mm-hmm. a talk show. He'd have the full fart sound effect <laughs> thing and just out of nowhere, he's just talking about something, you know, and just yep. let it go. But actually, Weird Al, this was the one with Weird Al in it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was the first one. You were, you were right on that one. Oh, and then the <laughs> other scene. The other scene is when he's with uh, Ricardo Montalban in the <laughs> office, and he's got that exotic fish, you know, and <laughs> he's messing around with it, whatever, and he's got the uh, whatever pen or something in his hand, other hand. And he gets the thing stuck on his finger, and he's waving around, and <laughs> water's flying everywhere. And the character, the other character, he's just kind of you know looking away. Turns around, <laughs> puts that pen right oh through the gosh. fish, and dumps it. You know, he dumps it back in the uh, aquarium <laughs> when he leaves. And oh, oh my gosh. gosh, it was just uh, I remember <sighs> rewinding that scene many many times. <laughs> It's just so funny. Uh, oh, what a great movie. Great pick. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I think that's going to do it, man. What, uh, we'll run through some quick honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, what do you got on your list? My list is actually, this was hard for me to take off, but off of my top list, but I had to make room for, uh, Beetlejuice and Elvira coming to America, which is, f- yeah. One of my all-time favorite scenes in any movie is uh, Randy Watson and Sexual Chocolate. <laughs> um, I that and the um, the the barbershop 
where they're right. talking about Muhammad Ali and Frank Sinatra. Oh my gosh, I die every time. Yeah. Um. My well, great. My phone just died, so I'm gonna have to do this on memory. Um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. One of the, again, that was on my list, and I had to make room for Sleepaway Camp too. But whatever. Um, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, that's a movie that I think you know. Um, you could just. It's a great Friday night. You know. S- Fun, scary movie. I think it's uh, Chris Titus's first on-screen role, but mm-hmm. it, it, oh, it's so much fun! It's ridiculous. It's silly, um, and it's got a huge cult following. Um, Roger Rabbit, I think, is safe yeah. to say. Um, came out in '88. I actually dressed like Roger Rabbit that year. Here's a fun story: <laughs> is I, I think I was so it was '88. So yeah, I was in preschool and this is one of those weird memories that I always retained, you know, we're, we're all dressed up in our Halloween costumes. We're marching around and I'm acting, you know, I'm acting like Roger Rabbit. I'm acting ridiculous and, you know, rambunctious. My teacher at that time looks at me and says, now, Chad, would Roger Rabbit act like that? I'm like, actually, yes. <laughs> yeah. <he would>. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what movie did you see? <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have somewhere a talk, um, but yeah, that was a huge, that was a huge favorite of mine as a kid. Um, still, I, I actually picked up a talking Roger Rabbit a couple years ago. I have Whoa. it in my closet over there, but he's like buried under like Ghostbusters stuff. And stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what a great movie that was. <laughs> yeah, I very vividly remember watching that in the theater and the the scene when Christopher Lloyd's character is finally revealed. That just freaked me out. Yes. The bug eyes and just the way he dies and stuff. Oh, yeah. That just creeped me out as a kid. So, you know what? It was that creeped me out, Uh but not as much as it creeped me out when he killed the shoe. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, gosh. That freaked me out. It was just a cute little shoe. It was like a a little bunny rabbit, and he's just going to dip it in that crap and like kill it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What an a hole. Christopher Lloyd, I hope you're listening because I think you're an able for killing that little shoe. I know you're not listening. <laughs> uh, but that kind of, I, I remember, you know, when Roger Rabbit would come on TV or something, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to watch it because I have to go through that part where, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it was crazy. But anyway. You know what I mean? You know what it kind of reminds me of is at the end. Do you remember that weird Max Hedrum video where like some kid college kids took over the radio or the TV station and hijacked uh, dressed up as uh, or uh, dressed up as Max Hedrum. And all it was, was them <laughs> like dressed like Max Hedrum screaming. <laughs> like that's that, kind no. of what it kind of reminds me of in a weird way and i guarantee i'm the only person that thinks like that but <laughs> it's just yeah that was a creepy scene at the end very creepy uh, any more honorable mentions you can remember uh not off the top of my head unfortunately okay. i'm sure i'll remember something if you mention it well uh yeah just off my top five was beetlejuice coming to america one that i really need to rewatch again because I remember watching it a lot. Me and Wyatt, especially Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh uh, love gosh. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. The uh, dinner scene. Yeah. Why is the cork on the fork? <laughs> He's protecting from hurting himself and others. 
Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I could <laughs> quote that one pretty well. Uh, and another one, another, this is such a great year for comedies. Uh, really and this one gets overlooked, I think. And I love it. Funny Farm, Chevy Chase, um, where he moves out to the country, you know, to write his book. Mm. And then his his wife actually takes over and she actually gets a children's book published. And he's out there. He's got writer's block and mm. all the all the people in town messing with him, that crazy mailman, you know, that drives <laughs> by. And my favorite scene in, in the movie, you know, at the end, it's kind of Christmas time. They're trying to sell the house and they they announce, you know, to the town that anybody that does any special, you know, act of kindness while the potential buyers are there, they get like 50 bucks. <laughs> and of course, you know, there's like a, a team of carolers that come to their house <laughs> and the mailman who's got that crazy laugh. He just comes inside, delivers the mail to them, like gives them a fruit basket or something. And it's it's like one of those scenes you just cannot take your eyes away from. Like he's actually here and he's he's being nice, you know. And uh, uh, cue the deer, you know. And they they have a deer in a cage, and the deer comes off. And oh look, honey, a deer! Oh, there's 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 wildlife here at this house, you know. Uh, oh, it's such a great movie. Uh, I feel like that's one of Chevy's. He doesn't. Re- that doesn't really get brought up a lot when it when people talk. No, about it doesn't. It's very Chevy's very underrated. Because he was um, good in it. Oh yeah, I love it. Um, few more I'll throw out there. Uh, Bloodsport. Yeah, oh, I remember watching. Classic. Yeah, I remember watching that one all the time on cable. That was a that was a cable special. That that, that um, was that was it, it. That was one of those movies. Because I know you said earlier you were a Jean-Claude guy. That mm. was one of those movies that actually, I think, was one of the last mm, good, eh, and I'm saying that with, like, quotation First, marks, Yeah, one of the last good canon movies. Okay. <laughs> uh, it just had kind of that, I don't know, Karate Kid feel, but with blood, you know. Mm, lots of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and right. bones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate that scene. That one I'm always freaked me out too. Sure. Anyway, um, and if like you, well, you said you hadn't seen Die Hard, it's it's not one that I'm like really gung ho for, and yeah. I can appreciate I can appreciate people who enjoy it, and I you know I'm just more of a Rambo, you know, Stallone sure. fan than I am um, Bruce Willis. But can um, I, so here, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. you you've seen the movie, right? Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. Is that a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm opening a can of worms here, but I'm, I gotta I, I I lean more towards it's a it's an action movie set at Christmas and not a Christmas movie. Fair but enough. <laughs> I, who cares? You know, people still crank it out at Christmas and oh, yeah. if I'm gonna watch it, it's probably gonna be around, you know, that between Thanksgiving sure. and Christmas when I'm going to watch it. So mm-hmm. whatever. That's RD eighties <laughs> at Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, you can send your hate mail to him. Not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I, I don't know. You could say that about uh lethal weapon. There's, uh, there's a whole Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many movies like that, that have uh that are set around Christmas and I don't know. Batman returns. See, 
See, uh, is Batman Returns a Christmas movie, Chad? I think it is. So yes, it is. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> oh, I do. And <laughs> you know what I used to do is back when I used to live in my mom's basement, and this totally sounds like a basement dweller kind of thing. Is Christmas Eve? I would go to the video store, rent Batman Returns. Here's where it gets di- absolutely disgusting. I would get a twenty-piece chicken McNugget, a <laughs> large fry, and a large Diet Coke. I do like the taste of diet co- or diet soda. I prefer Pepsi, but and then I would go and watch uh, Batman Returns, and that's why I was single for so many years of my life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, I it's a Christmas relate- movie to me. <laughs> I can relate. Uh, Wyatt and I's uh, we had this tradition where we would go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, and back uh-huh. before they had like the little things of popcorn chicken, they would uh-huh. give you like one of those. Uh, those rectangular boxes that they put like the whole meal in, they would fill that with popcorn chicken and Uh we would get those. We would just dump hot sauce all over it. He had a Dr. Pepper in hand. I would have my Mountain Dew and we would go back to my house and like watch whatever three stooges Uh or (laughs) (laughs) airwolf. Was there any substance involved in this? (laughs) I'm just hot sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Dump wow, the okay. hot sauce on it. Anyway, no judgment here. Yeah. No judgment. No judgment. <laughs> uh, I, that I guess that about rounded out my uh, my honorable mentions. I did have big on there too. It, it it was one that I enjoyed, but it just wasn't. Uh, it's not one that I've watched a lot. Uh, mm, same over the years, and uh, and okay, Big Top Pee Wee. That was 1988. What do you think about Big Top Pee Wee? <laughs> Uh, I yeah, liked Big Adventure. Exactly. I kind of stay there. <laughs> I I saw it as a kid, and I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think it was anything special. I didn't either. I, I remember it coming out being a big deal because I did love Big Adventure, and oh, gosh, yes. uh, it just it did not connect with me the way, uh, no. the way the first one did. So Mm-mm. anyway. Uh, okay. Well, that's, I think it's going about do it, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on again and everyone just go out to horror movie barbecue. That's bbq.com. And, uh, the same thing over on Twitter. Chad's really active over there on Twitter. So a little too active. And- my own good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah. But you know, I, I like you because you just pretty much lay it all out there. Well, thank and you. I appreciate I'm it. I'm just, I'm, I'm worried you're going to pull a Roseanne though one of these days. So just be oh, careful. Oh gosh, no, okay. absolutely not. <laughs> Look, I am. I, am I don't mean ambient, but no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't mean. Uh, I don't mean as far as the racially stuff goes. I just mean right. going a little too far. But Chad, man, I, I seen some of his stuff and it's it's great. Thank it you. Great. <laughs> if I haven't gone far yet, I'm probably not going to go too far. <laughs> if I haven't had people be alienated or have blocked me on uh, on Twitter, then it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and what's the new podcast before we go? TP- oh, TPIF. Thank Pod. It's funny. Starring Derek Boyer, TC, and myself. We talk about... The history of TGIF, and uh, there's a 
It's, the best part is it's much like Beetlejuice. We pretty much spend about 10 minutes talking about TGIF and, uh, you know, probably about an hour and a half talking about anything else. <laughs> well, but no, we're, we're, we're getting it going. We're having a lot of fun. Um, I think we're starting to hit our stride and we're kind of, cool. we're figuring out what we like, what we don't like. So, well, that's part of podcasting. If you're having fun, then the listeners will follow and they'll realize you're having fun. So, and that's, yeah, that's the big and part of it. We we definitely hope people will come over and take a listen. Well, I'll put a link up in the show notes, and uh, again, link over to your site and uh, and over to Twitter. So, uh, again, thanks for coming on, Chad. Thank you. I had and, a blast. And we will see you next time on Rankum. <laughs>